On July 21st, 2022, I premiered my conversation with Michael Bednarik. Now, Michael Bednarik ran for president in the 2004 presidential campaign. He later ran for U.S. Congress, but where he really shined was when he wrote his books about the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. And I believe his best book was Good to be King. Why am I talking about Michael Bednarik again? Well, first, today, April 1st, is his birthday. Back on April 1st, 1954, in Hammond, Indiana, Michael Bednarik came into the world. And Michael told me all about his parents, told me about his upbringing, and we had some great conversations. Sadly, I would lose Michael in my life just several weeks later when he passed away last year on August 11th, 2022, at the age of 68 from congestive heart failure. Today, I want to honor Michael for his birthday. I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be king, what it means to understand the Constitution. But that won't be the end of my conversations about Michael Benark, because all next week, from Monday through Friday, every episode will be highlighting his largest book, his best book, Good to be King, where I teach you about the foundation of our constitutional freedom and how it applies to what's going on in the United States right now. And I hope that you enjoy that. So let's get started. Let's sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Great, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened here on the America Out Loud Network. I'm your host, Greg Bolden. Glad to be with you. Thanks for giving me a listen. As always, support the network, America Out Loud, not news, where all of my colleagues' work is, as well as the 24-7 America Out Loud talk radio network, or you can find us on all of your favorite podcast networks, America Out Loud Network. All right. So that's all you got to do. And then you can find me on the Apple Podcast Store as well, American Bolden with Greg Bolden. That may be how you're listening right now. So if so, thank you very much. But don't forget to go leave me a review. That helps grow the show and promote the show as well. Well, what is there to say about the godfather of the Constitution? Michael Bednarik, the man who changed my life in many ways a year ago. When I called him, I was met with opposition of, well, Greg, why should I do that show? Well, Greg, why do you think people will want to listen to me on your show? Why should people listen to you? Why do you think you're important enough to have a podcast? And he went on and on. And I've recorded a few episodes last year after he passed away talking about that. So I don't want to stuck back in old territory. Today, I want to help educate my listeners on why Michael Bednarik was truly a living legend that maybe you'd never heard about except through my show. And if that's where you first heard about him, I'm honored to have brought that to you. But for many, Michael Bednarik is a really uh, loved and beloved figure 
that people talk about with great admiration for uh, his intelligence, for his ability to break things down into the issues. So how would Michael approach things right now that are going on in society? Well, the first story actually was challenged by one of my listeners, Christine, and she heard what I said about Hunter Biden and the parole and the terms of the parole that he was offered. And she said, you know, I heard what you said about, you know, collecting DNA, doing all these different things. I'd be curious, what would Michael Bednarik say about that? Well, Christine, and to my listeners, I actually know exactly what Michael Bednarik would say about that. Why? Because he spoke about it in his U.S. Constitution class. So I want to play you a quick little uh, clip of this. This is available on YouTube for free. It's out there. Library of Congress also has a copy of this as well. Uh, so you can hear this entire thing whenever you'd like to. Uh, but I'm going to be playing you some segments today to help educate you on it. So in regards to when people set your bail and your parole terms, this is what Michael Benark would say about it. The Eighth Amendment. The Eighth Amendment is practically worthless. It says unreasonable bail shall not be required, nor reasonable fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. There is no definition for unreasonable. I know I personally was, you know, on a traffic court and they, they set, you know, like a $5,000 fine I thought that was unreasonable, but apparently the judge doesn't. You know, they can set a million-dollar bail. You know, and you're a plumber. You'll never be able to afford it. And, well, may as well just throw you in the star chamber. So the Eighth Amendment is warm and fuzzy, but as far as I'm concerned, is practically worthless. So there you have it. Michael Benarik would figure that the Eighth Amendment, these terms and conditions of parole, are worthless because it would be considered what is reasonable versus unreasonable. So if you look at Hunter Biden as an example, uh, he was told that he had to abstain from drugs or alcohol. Is that a reasonable thing for somebody who has been uh, accused of gun charges as well as accused of tax evasion? Is submitting to a random drug testing and not possessing a firearm something that is a reasonable thing for somebody who's been charged with a gun crime. And so I would say the Christine, if we apply that rule of law, the eighth amendment, then perhaps we can say that some of these terms make sense from a reasonable standpoint, but something that doesn't really make sense that I read to my uh, listening audience was they agreed to DNA. I, I have to ask people a question here. Should we have the right to take people's DNA? Is that the new thumbprint? And I ask this because DNA can tell you so much about an individual. It can tell you the genetic makeup, things that you could be predisposed to. And I believe that Michael Benark would be vehemently opposed to using DNA as a term of your parole while you're out. Which brings me to this other point of whatever happened to you are innocent until proven guilty. Well, I like to tell people that say that, you know, you have your ability to prove your innocence when you get into court. I like to say that's the Nancy Pelosi way of thought. That's the way she talks about Donald Trump. But the fact of the matter is in our constitution, nowhere does it say that you're innocent until proven guilty. That is something that is more of an interpretation 
of the Constitution because uh, those words kind of come from the fact that they put the onus on the government, on the local uh, prosecutor, in order to uh, deem that you yourself were guilty. So there's a presumption of innocence, but that does not, it's not stated anywhere in the Constitution. It's simply, you have to go to our founding fathers to figure out what that says. So if you look through, the reason we get due process now is between the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, the Eighth Amendment, and the Fourteenth Amendment. And I believe that Michael Bednarik would want people to know that. He would tell you, look, the Eighth Amendment, no one's really following at this point in time to begin with. So when we talk about burden of proof, you know, this innocent until proven guilty, the prosecution, they have to talk about affirmative evidence showing the court and the jury that the defendant is guilty of the crime to warrant the conviction that they seek. Now, if they aren't able to convince the jury or convince the judge in their ruling, then they become uh, innocent and they can walk from those charges and they cannot because of double jeopardy be charged again. That's very important. But innocent until proven guilty, Michael Benark, I'm sure would point out to you, it's not found in the Constitution. So where does that idea come from? Well, it comes from three amendments, as I said, the fifth, the sixth, the eighth, and the 14th. Eighth, we're going to toss out and just go with the three, fifth, sixth, and 14th. The fifth amendment states that no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land of naval forces or in the militia, when an actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject to the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken to public use without compensation. So the Fifth Amendment makes it very clear that a person cannot be charged with a crime arbitrarily. They have to be treated according to due process, which means you have to be given a trial. You have to be treated fairly. Now, we can argue in modern society, are we still able to be given a fair trial with the way news media covers things? That, that could be a whole other conversation. Now, the amendment makes exceptions for soldiers and military courts, but for the most part, they operate the same as civilian courts. So basically, even soldiers are given a presumption of innocence. When we get to the Sixth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment reads that in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crimes have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation to be confronted with the witnesses against him to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. So the Sixth Amendment is your guarantee that you get to go to trial. And trials, as we know, are the legal way that we figure out if somebody is guilty or innocent. And yes, it's rooted in English law. This is one of those things that we looked at from England and then we made it as best we could through the amendments as perfect as we could. This amendment's also supposed to make sure that you get a uh, lawyer, a fair trial means that you have a right to receive a lawyer, even if you cannot afford one. 
Also, you should understand that the Fifth and Sixth Amendments are part of the Bill of Rights, which includes the first 10 amendments of the Constitution. And so that's important to know if that's something that's being afforded to every single American. Now, the 14th Amendment, okay, that prohibits states from taking away rights guaranteed by the Constitution. So in other words, what that basically means is a state cannot abolish the concept of innocent until proven guilty or selectively apply that to only one segment of the population, say racially, culturally. It has to be equal because we're all Americans. All right. So the 14th Amendment was important for that as well. So as you can see here, Michael Bednarik, in his teachings about our foundations of constitutional freedom, helps make it very accessible to people to understand why each one of those constitutional rights matters. They are vital to your understanding. But one of my favorite ones that he talked about is the First Amendment. And I have a clip of him here talking about why the First Amendment is important. It's a longer clip, and I'm going to break it up for you in the second half of the show. I think you're really going to enjoy this. And if you enjoy uh, this part of the show, you're really going to love next week's episodes when you get to them. It's not going to be all uh, with just Kim talking. I'm going to be breaking down the book chapter by chapter, breaking that into shows. And I think you're going to want to read the book when I'm all said and done. Matter of fact, you may want to just go out and get Good to Be King now via Amazon or through his website. Uh, like I said, he's no longer with us, so I don't know purchasing the book if his estate is making money. I, I don't know how that works, if it's just copies of it, because I don't think they're printing anymore at this point in time, but you can get a used copy somewhere. Good to be King, Michael Bednarik. Read it before next week if you get an opportunity to. It's an easy book to get through, and I promise you, it will be one of the best books that you've ever read when understanding your rights, your liberties, and your freedoms versus what are your privileges. Very important book. All right, we're going to take a break here. When I get back, we're going to start with the First Amendment. And just in case you didn't realize this, that's Michael Bednarik's voice in my intro music at the very beginning. That's how much of a mark this guy made when he was on the show. He had so many great sound bites and I wanted to immortalize him in the America emboldened opening as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I hope that you can hear my passion for his teachings and what he brought to the table in my words. And so we'll get right to the first amendment. As soon as we get back, everybody make sure before we do that, you go over to America where you can check out uh, all of my colleagues work, but more importantly than that, check out all the sponsors, bringing you all this content, keeping the lights on, go support them. That's very important to keep in this show coming to you five days a week. All right, everyone, you're listening to America emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America out loud network. Be right back. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. The 
The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back, Bold Americans. We've been sitting with Michael Benark and his teachings here as we celebrate his birthday this August 1st and leading up to this run of shows that I'm going to do on the foundations of our constitutional freedoms, which is going to be part one through part five starting next Monday. The First Amendment. So Michael Benark had uh, these teachings that he would go out and he would he'd talk all over the country. They're recorded. The Library of Congress has them. But one of his uh, most passionate parts was talk about the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, and then applied it to how it matters and what that truly means. And so I want to play Michael Benark's words as we're honoring him on his birthday here today and then kind of uh, break this down because in an era where Facebook, Twitter, and social media was censoring people during COVID. This is very relevant right now. All right, so this is Michael Benark at a conference talking about your First Amendment rights. We have a right to free speech. And we say that so casually. Why? Why do we have and need the right to free speech. So we can cheer for those cowboys. Hey, you see that football game the other day? It's part of it. It was really a rhetorical question. <laughs> we don't have freedom of religion so that we can discuss, well, it is that we can discuss literature, but primarily, primarily it is so that we can badmouth the government. We have a right to alter or abolish the government. If I wanted to alter the government, now I know that's a really strange hypothetical, because we all know the government is perfect just the way it is. <laughs> but hypothetically, if, if I wanted to change it, let me assume hypothetically that I thought taxes were too high. That giving you know my federal, state, and FICA taxes total 48%, and you know, I just not, crazy about giving half of what I make to the government. How would I go about changing it? What would be the first step? How about getting behind a podium and going, ladies and gentlemen, I think taxes are too high. Are you with me? We need to get consensus so that we, the people, can go in and make changes to the government. Freedom of speech. 
is primarily freedom of political speech. Now, I'm going to stop there as my first break, because let's think about this in terms of 2020 and freedom of political speech when it comes to people like Donald Trump being removed from Twitter, when it comes to COVID vaccines, what is safe, what is not safe, when it comes to what type of treatment is allowed in the CDC and the uh, Trump administration and the Biden administration, both were tampering with information and what was allowed on Twitter. What happens when the podium is taken away from you? Because on social media, that's what's happening. You do not have a podium at some point in time. They turn down the volume so the entire room can't hear you. Maybe just the people in the front row. That's called the amplification. Or they tell everybody, we're sorry, but uh, Michael Bednarik didn't show up today. Meanwhile, you're speaking in the room next door, but no one can get in to see you. So you're talking to your five best friends instead of the 20,000 people that were hoping to hear you. See, government, when they start censoring and taking away the podium and they limit your freedom of speech, they limit your way of spreading information that could help a cause. So how are we supposed to rally around uh, medical information and what is true and what is not true? How are we supposed to rally against misinformation campaigns, mandates, when our freedom of speech is censored and throttled, when the podium has been moved? Let's continue on. And when George Bush says, you're either with us or you're against us, the Alien and Sedition Act prevented people from saying anything bad about the government. If you go to a Republican rally with an anti-George Bush t-shirt, you get handcuffed and escorted out by the Secret Service. What was the defining characteristic of Stalinism? Suppressing political dissent. You're either with us or you're against us. This is chilling. When I was running for president, I went to a university and they had me speaking in this auditorium. It was a beautiful auditorium. 300, 350 seats. It looked like it had just recently been built. Beautiful facility. And I had 12 people in the first row. And I thought, well, this is really silly. You know, I got this, I'm echoing throughout the auditorium. I said, let's go across the hall. We've got a classroom. We can sit closer. We can see each other, you know, face to face. Talk a little bit more informally. Nope, can't do that. You're a political candidate, presidential candidate. You have to be in the auditorium because the auditorium is a free speech zone. <laughs> I almost fell off the stage. <laughs> I said, what about the hallway? What about the rest of the campus? No, nope, that's a speech-free zone. <laughs> and I will tell you exactly what I told those students. Anywhere I happen to be standing is a free speech zone. The government doesn't tell me what I can or cannot say. The government doesn't tell me where I can or cannot say it. I have freedom of speech because none of you are big enough to shut me up that's why I have freedom of speech. So this concept of you have freedom of speech because no one else is going to shut you up is the perfect example to understand where we are in 2023. When people offend us, we name call, we say that these people are racist, they're Nazis, they're homophobes, whatever, the tra transphobes. We just put these labels on 
because it makes people feel better. But then after that, we go to the government and we're like, hey, make sure they have to bake you that cake. Make sure they have to make that website for you. Make sure they have to do this, that, and the other thing. But that's not how it's supposed to work. Once we start going to the government and saying, government, please save us from that mad person over there that we disagree with, you are violating the First Amendment. I don't know who needs to hear this, but send this to a friend, this segment of the show, so they can hear that that is anti-Constitution. That is anti-American. See, the way we deal with things in this country is we address it directly. And Michael Bednarik is going to explain that right here. And when we hear someone who's being sexist or racist or homophobic standing on a soapbox, we go, oh my gosh, person is sexist, they're racist, they're homophobic. We got to get the government to drag them down off their soapbox. Wrong. If you violate or allow the government to violate somebody else's freedom of speech, what does that mean about your speech? You got to get a permit. It's a privilege. And after I heard that free speech zone was kind of that phrase, I was listening, I heard something on TV and I turned, and at the Democratic Convention in Boston that year, they had a free speech zone two miles away from the convention. It was a chain link fence surrounded by razor wire. Does that sound like a free speech zone to you? Oh, look, Mom, Auschwitz, another free speech zone. And they wanted me to go to the Republican convention. They had a, a rally out in Central Park. I said, okay, and I'm going to have a bunch of people there. Okay, yeah, I kind of figured that. Well, we don't know if you want to go or not. Why? Well, because the Libertarian Party in New York City didn't get a permit. I went, so... So what we thought you might be worried about getting arrested. I'm willing to lay down my life, liberty or death, and you think I'm worried about a silly permit? <laughs> Wake up! Now, Michael Bednarik, I, I just love the way he tells stories, and I hope that you're enjoying this as well, because he really is able to make this poignant and understanding for people. But he practiced what he uh, preached. He got arrested when he was running for president in 2004, when him and David Cobb from the Green Party were arrested while trying to enter a presidential debate at Washington University in St. Louis. Now, Ralph Nader wasn't arrested, but the Green Party and the Libertarian Party, nope, they weren't allowed in. And so Michael Benark understood. He's like, hey, this is a two-party system, and the Commission on Presidential Debates it's not a government entity. It's a private corporation. And so Benarik was kind of challenging. Shouldn't this be a government entity? Shouldn't this be open to all? And he was exposing the hypocrisy through his free speech, making that happen. And that was an epic Michael Benarik moment. Let's just continue on. We got a little bit more to go with the First Amendment. Freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Do we have freedom of the press? Freedom of the media in this country? With every, you know, ABC, NBC, I mean, they're like rubber stamped. They look like little robotic dolls telling you exactly the same story. If the only place you get your news is from television, you are living under a rock. Now, now this speech was before Sinclair Media came out, and uh, we saw that literally every news agency was saying the exact same thing. 
Michael Bednarik was talking about this in 2007 before the internet completely exposed this uh, type of practice of talking points. We have a right to uh, peaceably assemble. You don't need permits. And you also, and this is important, have a right to petition the government for a redress of grievances. What does that mean in 2007? means that you can file a lawsuit against the government. Philosophically, does the government have a right to violate your rights? No, it's a non sequitur. So if they do, hypothetically, the government accidentally steps on your political toes, then what? Well, then you can file a lawsuit against the government and presumably win. Of course, in our court systems today, the government claims to have sovereign immunity. You can't file a lawsuit against us because we're sovereign. No, we are sovereign. You have privileges. And I ought to throw you in jail just for asserting the idea that you had sovereign immunity. And this is where Michael Bednarik really gets into it in his book, Good to be King, that we were separating ourselves from being subjects of the king that when we had the bill of rights and the men signed their names and could have been signing their life away to the war that was coming that they were establishing that we were going to have rights not privileges it's the government that serves us we the people they have the privilege of serving us we have the rights over them this is illinois has anybody here heard of the second amendment or have they just like completely <laughs> There's a, um, I, I'm genuinely pleased they've created a First Amendment museum over the Tribune building in Chicago. Tribune, Freedom of the Press, First Amendment. I could not wait, I still haven't been there. I want to go to the First Amendment museum and go, this is wonderful. I was a presidential candidate, I wrote a book all about you know what we ought to do? We ought to take the next floor down and turn it into the Second Amendment Museum. You know how many people would have heart attacks in Illinois? <laughs> this is incredible. Now, Michael Benark was uh, a pistol uh, talking to him, uh, pun intended. Uh, he would often uh, make sure that on our conversations, his uh, revolver that he owned uh, he had a, a 45 and he would talk about how anyone tries to put a needle in his arm. He had uh, ammunition that he would be putting in their bodies before they ever touch him. And so he was a staunch Second Amendment supporter. Uh, and he also was a pacifist as well. So even though he talked all about, you know, what he would do if somebody violated his civil liberties, he was not a violent person whatsoever. He was a peaceful person. He didn't believe that he had the right to do anything that would violate on somebody else's life, somebody else's liberty. And uh, in my conversations with him, I just found that he was somebody who could argue something extremely convincingly. Uh, but most of the time he was correct that in his understanding of the world, he had a way of really boiling it down to, no, this is the, the truth. Let's cut through everything else. And he had some great views on taxes, 
Uh, he talked about healthcare. He talked about energy. And I'm going to cover a lot of that next week on my shows. So I'm going to break down the book. Once again, it's Good to Be King, The Foundation of Constitutional Freedom. It's going to be in five different segments all the way up until August 11th, which is the day that Michael passed away last year. And so this is my way of honoring Michael Bednarik on his birthday here today with you, my my loyal listeners, and then wrapping up with teaching you about your constitutional rights on a practical way of why that really matters in an interesting way through the words of Michael Bednarik. And then on Friday, bringing my good friend Chris Michaels on to talk about what that means to us and uh, kind of wrapping it all up into a neat little bow uh, to honor him on his death day. All right, everybody, that's all I have for you today. If you enjoyed today's show, you enjoyed hearing about Michael Benark and a little bit about constitutional freedom, getting a primer for next week, then go and uh, feel free to donate to this show. You can buy me a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America. Uh, supporting the show really helps me bring you content Monday through Friday. Um, I have real bills, but I do not collect any type of pay here for this show. Uh, so your support is really uh, with immense gratitude anytime you choose to buy me a coffee. And you can always go to my website, AmericanBolden.com, where you can follow my Substack and keep in touch with me at Real Greg Bolden on Twitter. It's been a pleasure, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow with more great content. Hope that you have a wonderful day. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for.